Welcome back to another solo edition of the Bad Taste Video Podcast. It is just me, Mike, and a movie that I kind of, I guess I lied about it. I'm not going to do any Lindsay films today. I am instead going to do Demons from 1985. Um... This actually has a connection to a Lindsay film in Nightmare Beach, the motorcycle gang. That's like the, tr- the town troublemakers or whatnot. They are actually called the Demons, and the logo of the gang is the same logo as the movie. So that's pretty cool. All right, but before I go into the movie, I just want to talk about something I watched um, this, what was that, Friday night? And I actually rewatched it last night, I think, too. Um, the Joe Bob Briggs Holiday Last Drive-In Special on Shutter. They did Phantasm 1, 3, 4, and 5. So, I thought that was fucking awesome, because that's one of my favorite series. I haven't really watched 3 and 4, uh, in a while. I like 1 and 2 a lot. I saw 5 rather recently because it came out rather recently but um it was nice to watch three and four again and i gotta say i really like part four part four is fucking awesome i for some reason i didn't remember it being as good as it was maybe because i was so hung up on part one and two um but i would definitely go back and watch those movies they're very entertaining they don't make much sense but they sort of have a connected story um also, I would definitely watch it on Shutter with the Joe Bob Briggs commentary, I guess you would call it. Whatever the, uh, whatever you call something like that. Where he, like a horror host type thing. Um, he's very entertaining. Still, after all these years, I feel like I can just keep watching those specials over and over. And I think next year he actually has a permanent show on Shutter, or at least like a, you know, a regular uh, program that he'll be doing, but I really can't wait to watch that, because that's the only reason I have Shutter. So let me give you a little bit of information about this movie before we get into it. Uh, this was released on October 4th, 1985 in Italy. I'm not sure when the American release date was. I saw when I googled it. I saw something come up as 1986, but I didn't see anything definitive. But uh, it was directed by Lamberto Bava and produced by Dario Argento, and the screenplay was done by Dario also. Um, The one thing I got to say about this film is that it's got an awesome soundtrack, and the music, uh, like the actual music that they play in this, you know, it's done by bands. It's like great 80s metal. And the score for the film was done by um, Claudio Simonetti, who was from Goblin. So to me, like the music in this is fucking awesome. If you can get the soundtrack, it's on iTunes. I don't know if the um, actually I don't know if the soundtrack is on iTunes, but the score definitely is. This film uh, has maybe a few notable people. Uh, you know, just from these types of movies. But uh, the one person that you will definitely recognize is Michael Suave. And uh, he also played the boyfriend in The Gates of Hell. That uh, he's like in the Jeep with the girl and she vomits up her intestines. Yeah, well, that was him. But he was also very well known as a director. And, uh, you know, assist- I think he assistant directed this movie. 
And then uh, he's listed as a director for uh, Stage Fright, The Church, uh, The Sect, Cemetery Man. Yeah, he really has a, a good background when it comes to directing. And yeah, he was an assistant director on this and Tenebrae, A Blade in the Dark, Phenomena, Opera, <laughs> The Brothers Grimm in 2005. But uh, he was also in Absurd and The New York Ripper. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so this guy's affiliated with Argento and uh, Lucio Fulci, which is definitely a great thing in my book. Something that surprised me with this movie also is that it was made on a budget of only $1.8 million. And I feel like there was a lot of creature effects in this. They looked really good. Um, I guess maybe they saved money on the shooting location, which was an actual abandoned movie theater. Uh, well, the interiors, at least. And uh, the exteriors were uh, a nightclub in Germany, I believe, which is still there. And apparently they have conventions and all sorts of shit there. But I really couldn't believe that they did so much with that much of a budget. I mean, we've seen higher budget movies that really look like dog shit compared to some of these. But uh, there was a few funny things also that I read about this, that the United uh, the United States release had a mono sound mix, which was really strange because this came out, you know, in the mid eighties, there were everything already had like the Dolby system, you know, kind of thing going on. And they said that the, uh, 1999 reissue of demons, uh, they were the first American releases to have the Dolby stereo mix. So it took a very long time for us to get it. So I guess the two versions that I have, which are the, uh, New World video version, which you probably see people have. And then I also have a, uh, I think it's like Star Maker or whatever. The, who the hell is this one? Wait, I gotta, I gotta get it. Hold on. So yeah, this is a Star Maker release and it's the, um, the cover that has like the demon hand with the crowd of people in the movie theater seats, like in the palm of it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I actually like this cover. The original cover is really awesome, but, um, I, I was just shocked about that it was a mono release. But uh, apparently the original cinema and video versions that were released in the UK were cut by uh, one minute and five seconds. And apparently it was all the good stuff. The eye gouging and the hands being fucking destroyed in the motorcycle wheel and demon vomit and all that shit. Oh, and the woman's teeth falling out. So they cut all this stuff. Damn. Uh, you know. They they couldn't handle the good the good old Italian gore, but yeah this this movie does have a lot of cool gore scenes in it has a lot of cool kills it has a decent story I guess a uh, real unexpected ending, um yeah let's get into it. So this one starts with a shot of a busy subway car and we're getting a look at all the people that are, you know, riding this going wherever the fuck they're going. But uh, you see like a bunch of like punk rockers, like the stereotypical 80s new wave type shit. And then like these like weird out of place old people. But uh, we get the great demons theme from Claudio Simonetti, which is very recognizable. At least I think it is. 
But we start to focus on a female, and this is Cheryl. She's one of the main characters that we'll be following throughout the movie. And she's riding this train going, I guess, to school. But she looks very nervous the whole time she's on here. But uh, she gets off at a station, and everybody immediately like just gets the fuck out of there. So it's just her. Or she thinks it's just her. So she looks very uneasy walking down this platform like Immediately, she could sense something's off, but she hears somebody else down there with her, and then she finally catches a glimpse of somebody following her. Well, at least it looks like they're following her, and uh, she immediately runs away, and she's going around, and she goes up an escalator, and when she gets to the top of the escalator, a man in a silver mask runs into her, but he just hands her a movie ticket for... Uh, a free movie at the Metropole. And she uh, like runs after him then and asks for another ticket. And it's for her friend who she's about to meet up with. She actually also makes another little remark like, oh, uh, are you dressed like this because of the film? And he kind of gives like this weird look and immediately walks away. It's funny to think like, most of these horror movies it's just being at the wrong place at the wrong time where if she just you know didn't get a second ticket went met with her friend and went to school she would have never been involved with any of this shit in the movie theater but also the demons do get out so you know who the fuck knows but we see uh she oh by the way the guy in the silver mask is michael suave the guy from the gates of hell yeah if you, if you recognize him, that's that's probably what you recognize him from. But uh, Cheryl meets up with her friend, Kathy, and she convinces Kathy, like, oh, let's skip school and let's go to this movie. And they both mention that they've never heard of this place, the Metropole. So immediately you should know something is wrong. Uh, we see the lights of the theater turn on and it's like one of those neon signs that say Metropole and all the lights on, you know, inside the theater, they, uh, they start turning on and we see this display of a motorcycle and there's like a, you know, a mannequin or whatever on top of it in this like weird leather armor holding a samurai sword, but it also has a silver mask on him, which, uh, also sort of resembles the half a mask that uh, the guy was wearing in the subway station. So that is probably a connection. But we see a woman getting dressed also during this little montage of the theater opening, and it looks like she's wearing like an elf costume, which I guess could be sort of Christmas related. But it it almost gives the impression that she's in on this whole um, demon's plot to take over the world or whatever. But... uh, Yeah, she actually has nothing to do with it and ends up dead and becomes a demon anyway. But Cheryl and Kathy, they go to find the Metropole and they both say like, oh, I never noticed this here. I had no idea it was ever, you know, around. And they also make this comment like, oh, I hope it's not a horror movie. Like, I I hate horror movies. (laughs) Well, it's a little bit worse than a horror movie, I guess. But we see a bunch of other people going into the movie theater. So it's not just them. It looks, you know, all appears normal on the outside. But uh, we first get to meet this older couple and like they're there for their anniversary. But the guy's a total piece of shit. He's being so mean to his wife, but he gets a pretty gruesome death later. Uh, We also see two younger guys 
And they actually go to help out uh, Cheryl and Kathy at the soda vending machine because it got stuck. The guy like hits it like the Fonz and the uh, soda comes out. But this is George and Ken. These are going to be our other two main characters, I guess you could say. And uh, they immediately try to hit on Cheryl and Kathy. But Cheryl and Kathy pretty much blow them off. So we see another set of people. And it's an old, what we assume to be blind guy. And uh, it said, I think his niece at some point, he says. But it seems like it's his daughter. But her name is Liz. And I don't, I didn't ever catch the guy's name. But he tells her, like, oh, don't touch that mask that's on the display. Just, and she's like, oh, what mask? And when he goes, that mask, you could see that it's gone. And another woman took it and is playing around. And she puts it on. And she says to her friend, like, oh, like, how do I look? And the guy that's with them tells her, like, oh, stop it. And uh, she ends up taking it off and it cuts her face. So this is really the start of the possession, I guess you could say. Uh, but this is apparently her pimp, and I think his name is Tony. But uh, they all sit down, and the movie starts, and the best movie opening I've ever seen in my life. Uh, these kids on motorcycles, like going into a cemetery while Motley Crue Save Our Souls is playing. The first time I saw this, I remember thinking like, wow, what an out of place song for, for a movie. You rarely hear things like this, but uh, yeah, that's awesome. But uh, it's two guys and two girls exploring a cemetery on motorcycles. And one of the girls finds a plaque and it says, um, they'll make cemeteries, their cathedrals and tombs of your cities. So that's probably not a place you want to be. But one of the guys that she's with says Nostradamus was buried here, supposedly. And they're like, oh, like, who's Nostradamus? Which I don't know how the fuck you wouldn't know that. But uh, he tells them that uh, he predicted world wars, Hitler, um, all sorts of shit. And then he ends it with the coming of the demons, which I don't think is an actual Nostradamus prophecy. But she's like, oh, big deal. That never happened. Blah, blah, blah. And, Michael Suave, who's also in this part of the movie, says, oh, well, not yet. So they uh, start to explore the sinkhole that the two guys discovered earlier in the day. And uh, they flash back to the movie theater and everybody's like, really? Like, they're really interested in this movie. They're all on the edge of their seats. And uh, the people in the front, the two girls and the pimp, which are, you know, it's two prostitutes and a pimp, they're smoking and all this shit and like, fucking around and the old nasty guy from the beginning has a really funny line he's like hookers fucking everywhere and the, the wife is just like oh they're not bothering you like who the fuck cares but the way he says it it's so funny but uh in we're back in the movie now and the two guys were saying how no one's been in there for like hundreds or thousands of years or whatever and the sinkhole just opened up this morning and we're the first ones to go in so they go into, you know, these catacombs and there's tombs everywhere and they notice one that's kind of special and it says Nostradamus on it. Um, the girls immediately are like, I don't like this. I think we should leave. And the guy's like, no, 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 it's cool. Let's let's keep doing this. Um, they crack open this tomb and they find a book and a mask in this tomb. There's no body, but the mask resembles the mask that's in the lobby of the movie theater. 
And the book is said to be like in Latin and it's talking about demons and, you know, the mask. If you wear the mask, it turns you into a demon. But the Michael Suave character, he puts the mask on just like the girl in the beginning and it cuts his face. And after it cuts his face, he like stares directly at the camera and almost breaks the fourth wall in the movie. And the prostitute from before that had the mask on that cut her face it starts bleeding again. You can see like she touches it and she kind of freaks out a little bit and she goes to the bathroom to see what's going on. Um, The other prostitute mentions, uh, you know, that, oh, like it's, it's the same thing from the movie. Uh, You know, she cut her face and, you know, the same thing happened there. And the guy, Tony, the, the giant pimp is just like, ah, you know, forget about it. It's nothing. And, uh, as this is happening, um, we see like the prostitute going to the bathroom. She's like kind of looking a little like messed up and we're getting flashes of the mask from the movie. Uh, it's a pretty, this whole like lead up to the first demon. Um, it's, it's actually really, really good. Um, especially how all the screams and the, like the violence that's happening in the bathroom, it all is being mirrored on screen. So nobody knows that something bad is actually happening. But once in the bathroom, the cut starts getting worse and worse on this woman's face. And it gets to the point where it's like fucking exploding with pus and like this demon goo. But in the movie, we're see like this is anytime I say in the movie I'm speaking about what's playing in the theater in demons so please do not get confused because I'm almost confusing myself but uh in the movie the guy stabs his friend to death because he has turned due to the mask and the pimp and prostitute are wondering like oh what happened to her like she went to the bathroom a while ago so uh the other friend goes to check out what's going on in the bathroom Uh, She enters the bathroom and she sees that there's blood all over the sink and like the mirror and she starts checking the stalls. And of course, in the final stall she checks is her friend and she reveals herself to be a full on demon. Um, She tries to run, but right before she gets out the door, her friend takes a giant chunk out of her neck. And this will be the start of the real demonic possessions now. Um, she runs screaming and she's asking for help, screaming out, somebody help me and this and that. But everything that's happening is matching up with what's in the movie. So they just think it's the Dolby system, as Ken says later. Um, Kathy actually makes, um, a point here to say like, oh, there's somebody screaming, like somebody's in trouble. And this is when Ken does say that, oh, it's just the Dolby system. And, uh, it's actually a perfect, like a perfectly reasonable explanation for that because, you know, maybe at the time she wasn't used to it or I don't don't know. But, um, the prostitute that's transforming now because of her friend finds the backside of the screen. Oh, that's my VCR. Um, rewinding a tape whoops Um, so she's like transforming into a demon now and she's behind the screen trying to get through it and the uh, there's the girl with the blind guy she's meeting up with her friend like making out fucking with some like middle aged shit looking dude but uh, 
the blind guy's asking for her during this whole event. And the demon from the bathroom uh, ends up strangling these two people to death with a velvet rope. Which, it's funny because they're like bleeding from the mouth. But there's no, I don't know how that's really happening. But uh, yeah, so uh, she does something I've never seen before in a movie. Um, so the uh, the one that was infected that's behind the screen, it's getting worse and worse and she's screaming more and more. And eventually she does get through the screen. And uh, she finally begins to transform into like that demon that, you know, everybody wants to see. But uh, the whole audience is now like standing in front of her, like wondering what the fuck is going on. And once they see like her teeth fall out and a giant tongue come shooting out of her mouth, they all attempt to run. But the uh, nasty old man that was complaining about the hookers before he gets caught and he gets his throat ripped out like extremely violently. Um, The old blind man does find his niece or daughter, whatever the fuck she is. And as he's like, oh, no, Liz, what happened to you? Uh, The woman from the bathroom fucking rips his glasses off and gouges out the eyes of the blind guy, which is pretty funny. And that was definitely intentional. But um, everyone tries to leave the theater now, but all the exits are are bricked up. They're trapped in this movie theater. And uh, this one lady's like running and she runs into this room looking for an exit. But she gets caught by a demon in there and it rips the back of her head off like in a very um, Gates of Hell Fulci type way. Um, George and Ken, though, are able to trap this demon with the help of Tony the Pimp and a soda machine in this room. So uh, they have one of them contained, but, you know, too many people are already infected by this thing. Um, Kathy starts saying that it's because of the movie, everything matched up with the movie. So they have to, uh, they have to go stop the movie. Um, we see this one like lone guy looking for his girlfriend and Tony kind of throws him to the side and tells him like to shut the fuck up. But, uh, we see her now crawling through the seats of the theater. She never made it out of the actual theater. Um, the group breaks into the projection booth. And it turns out that the uh, movie was 100% automated, that there was never anybody there, and the movie was playing on its own. And they smash these projectors, hoping that stopping the movie will stop whatever's going on in the theater. Uh, We get another cut now to outside of the theater, and there's a group of these punks driving in in what we would think is a stolen car, because they make reference to stealing a Ferrari next time. But uh, this is, you know, it's weird that this group of people were put in the movie, but I guess this is the only way that they would have been able to get the demons out of the theater, maybe. I don't know. But um, the blind guy who's somehow still alive tells the people like, no, it's not the movie. It's the theater. It's the theater that kills people. So this magic theater just appeared here to turn everybody into demons. Um, the group is attacked by a, another demon and Tony stabs it and he like throws it over the balcony because they think that being on the balcony, like they can barricade themselves in, they'll be safe. Um, but when he throws it over the balcony, it lands on seats right above the guy's girlfriend from before and it just pukes blood all over her. It's like a real evil dead type scene. 
But uh, they cut back to the punks outside. And now, I guess, as a joke, they're doing cocaine out of a Coke can. And uh, we go right back into the people on the balcony. And uh, they're ripping up seats and they're throwing them into the entrances to try to fortify the area. And Tony says something like, oh, you all look scared like you're going to break it or some shit. Like, oh, here, do it like this. And when he goes to break one of the seats, he's like attacked and bitten by one of these demons. And another one comes up and grabs him and he's pulled over the balcony. And it's it's a pretty brutal looking scene. But uh, the guy from before hears his girlfriend screaming during all this. And he finally is able to find her. So we have like another group of people. Well, really two people. Um we go back to the punks in the car and they're doing coke while Billy Idol's white wedding is playing, which is awesome. <laughs> and, uh, they're fighting over the Coke can in the back and they eventually spill it. And like the fucking nutcase driving ripper. What a name. Uh, he's like, Oh fucking pick it up. Every gram. He's like, he's, I guess they're like, Oh, do you know how to play somebody that's like extremely coked out and aggressive? Yeah. We need you to do that. But um, we go back to the people on the balcony, and as the group fortifies the entrances, uh, we we go back to the punks again, scraping up all the coke in the car with a razor blade, and uh, we get like this weird scene where they're like this fucking budget young Johnny Depp looking guy uh, cuts this girl's boob with a with a razor, which is incredibly unsanitary. But um while they're doing all this, you know, they're fucking around now in the car and the punks hear people banging on the wall. They hear them banging from upstairs, but they kind of play it off. Like it's just the movie. Cause they're right outside the movie theater. This is what it would sound like. But, uh, Kathy says that she hears something coming and everyone stops and, uh, it's brushed off. It's like, Oh, it's just all the, the seats settling now, but, um, they're hitting the wall trying to, make noise and eventually they break through it and they see like oh it's there's another room there's more stuff and they break through the wall they go and they explore and they realize there's no way out this is just another empty room and this is the point where everybody starts having a panic attack um so we see everybody just resting now on the balcony and the uh, they go back outside to the punks and a cop pulls up and he tries to play it off cool like oh hey officer like are we not supposed to park here like give me a second we'll move and the cops go after him and the punks run and where do they run to right into the movie theater um but before the door closes you see a demon who is the blind man from before um he like sneaks behind the car in the alley. So they're out of the theater now. Uh, he actually eventually ends up killing both of the cops. So the plague is loose. So we see the boyfriend and the girlfriend from before. And uh, they found an air vent. And they think like, oh, like this is how we're going to escape. And they all they both go in there and they attempt to find their way through. Um, the punks are now walking through the theater and we cut back and forth really between them and the people climbing through the vents. Um, the people in the vents, they hear something crawling behind them. And then the guy makes a comment like, Oh, now it's coming from in front of us. So they're eventually attacked and this is, yeah, their end. (laughs) 
But uh, the punks can't find an exit. They're also realizing now that they're sealed in this building. And they move the vending machine from before that was trapping the demon inside that room. And the girl is in the room that the demon is in, putting on lipstick and a mirror. And she's attacked from behind. And I believe it's at this point that we get the iconic scene of like the demons coming from the uh, like the backlit stairwell. It's on, you know, the poster art and all that shit. But um, the people on the balcony, I guess, hear the commotion going on with these people and they think somebody's coming to save them. So they start tearing down all the fucking barricade. And now the whole group is attacked by demons. And this is an awesome scene. You see all people get fucked up. It's it's really good. But uh, George, Ken, Kathy, and Cheryl all manage to, uh, I guess, crawl under the seats. And they escape like this fucking carnage that's going on. But the problem is, Kathy has been infected. And I guess it happened. I think she, like, bit a demon's fingers off, maybe? But, uh, yeah, she's not doing too well and she looks pretty fucking sick, but, um, she's all fucked up and she's asking like, Oh, like, where is like, where am I? And who are you? And this transformation is really awesome. She's, she turns into a demon and Ken like hits her over the head with a, I don't know what the fuck it was, but like, she's like knocked out on the floor and it looks like she's about to get up, but instead of getting up, she goes like on all fours and a demon like fucking busts out of her back. It It's real. It's, you know, the demon from the cover. It's like a little man in a suit and he fucking get, he comes right out of her back. But um, it like lunges at Ken and it scratches him and this leaves him infected also. Um, Ken immediately realizes that he has to leave his friends now because he's going to turn into a demon, but, uh, he runs away and, uh, George and Cheryl go after him and they end up in the lobby and Ken asks George like, Oh, can you do one favor for me before this is over? And he's like, yeah, sure. What? And Ken asks him to use the katana and behead him before he turns into a demon. And George just can't really do it. And he hesitates and Ken takes a couple steps away, turns around and he's completely turned now. And he lunges at George and George decapitates him. Um, I guess Cheryl runs when this happens, but uh, George now appears in the theater on the dirt bike from the, uh, from the lobby and he just starts fucking killing demons with a katana while fast as a shark by except plays. <laughs> um, whoever did the stunts for this is pretty good, too. They must have been a pretty good bike rider because it's uh, pretty impressive, especially how they go up and down the stairs. I don't know. Is that hard? If you ride a motorcycle, let me know. But um, George manages to kill all the demons in the theater or what we assume to be are all the demons in the theater. And uh, they hear a noise coming from above him now and suddenly a helicopter crashes through the roof yes a helicopter and um more demons all of a sudden start coming into the theater i don't know where they came from but uh george manages to start the helicopter for a second and it kills all these demons with the blades (laughs) but uh they use a grappling hook gun thingy to uh, climb up onto the roof because now there's a giant hole in the, in the ceiling. 
And once they're there, they realize that the guy with the silver mask is up there with them. Uh, he attempts to throw George back into the theater, but George is like hanging on to the rebar. And before the guy in the mask can knock George off this, uh, Cheryl stabs him with the grappling hook. And uh, George gets back up and they force his face or head into like a piece of rebar that's sticking up like an iron rod sticking up with a giant metal bar. That is awesome. And that is probably the first time I've seen that too. But uh, after they kill this guy or whatever he is, uh, they notice that the demons are loose and they spread throughout the city. They're everywhere. They're in the apartment building across from them and they realize they got to escape. So they're running through like these city streets now and like in these alleys and they're being chased by a mob of demons. But uh, luckily for them, they're saved by a man and his kids or grandkids and they are locked and loaded. Um, they take Cheryl and George with them and they have this Jeep and they're, you know, I guess fleeing the city and said they're heading west. They saw some lights in the sky or whatever. And they think maybe the plague didn't reach there and uh, the credits start rolling and you think the, uh, the movie's over, but they pan towards like Cheryl touching her neck and she turns around and she was infected and is now a demon and she's immediately shot by these people and just like left like in the middle of the street as they drive away. And that is the end of Demons. This one is definitely a classic. You'll hear a lot of people talking about it. I highly recommend you see it. If you can, try to get the later ones so you could, uh, you know, see all the parts that were cut out. Like the that whole like the transformations in the beginning with the teeth falling out and shit like that awesome you definitely have to see that i would give this a five out of five for sure but uh both of the uh boxes for the vhs's that i have uh they both have the same synopsis on the back so let me give you let me give you an example and let's see if it actually describes the movie Hideous events are unfolding at the mysterious Metropole Theater in Berlin. While an audience is watching a brutal stalk-and-slash movie, a young woman cuts her face and is hideously transformed into a snarling creature of the underworld. The horror has begun. Panic spreads through the theater when the audience discovers they are trapped inside with no exit. Each patron must now struggle for survival as the demonic army of the dead grows and festers in their midst. Soon evil and violence erupt into an orgy of madness, climaxing in a bloodbath of nightmarish proportions. Graphic, explicit, uncut and untamed demons, a lightning-paced assault on the senses, a non-stop merciless gore fest. And then they list all the people that the music was by, but uh, yeah, this, that described it pretty well. I really like this movie. I like this box. This fucking thing is sick. Uh, the score is great. The soundtrack is great. I would highly recommend this. Actually, if you can find our YouTube channel somehow. I don't know. It's on, maybe it's just Bad Taste Video if you put it in. But uh, I made a cut a while ago of all the scenes of the movie that's playing in the theater. 
I put that all together and made like a short. It, I think it comes out to maybe almost five minutes of footage that you're able to like put together into a reasonable story. But uh, check that out if you can. It's actually pretty funny and it's pretty entertaining. So uh, we've been speaking about doing a giveaway finally and maybe you saw the picture. Uh, we're going to give away a bunch of tapes. We're giving away a long sleeve t-shirt, our uh, nail gun masker long sleeve um, stickers, pin, um, fr- original Friday the 13th, the final chapter movie poster. But yeah, so, uh, what we're going to ask you to do is share the picture that we put up on the Instagram for this. We need you to follow us on Instagram and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. Um, it's not that hard. We're giving you a bunch of good shit. Trust us. It's, it's worth doing it. But uh, yeah, we're trying to uh, grow the podcast, obviously. So if you have any comments, questions, concerns, you can message us on the Instagram at Bad Taste Video. You can email us at badtastevideoshow at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, we're on iTunes, uh, Bad Taste Video, and we're on Stitcher, we're on SoundCloud, we're fucking everywhere. But uh, yeah, check us out really on the Instagram. That's where we do most of our work, or well where we put most of our shit so next week we're gonna do our regular show with anthony and maybe a guest i don't know we'll see but uh that will be children shouldn't play with dead things and uh i hope you have a good couple of days off if you're off if not sucks for you because i'm off all right see you next week bye